0: This is Cliff Central.
1: Welcome to the Renegade Report. Jonathan and Roman is present and Jonathan I'm so happy we live in a in a monarchy where people threaten to secede and then the president runs over and kisses their shoes to say no don't secede you can keep the land
0: well I just want everyone to know I now identify as a Zulu man so
1: and you can't only take, now you can't take my land I did it last week already so oh, exactly. leave it far um I just need to get the official headband and then I'm in <laughs> Official headband, is that it? Yeah, but anyway, but the Zulu king sets a precedent, basically. So if you take my land, I'm going to shoot you, or I'm going to secede. So I think we should all do that. I'm going to create the Republic of Ramon, or yeah, Romania's taken so <laughs> the, the, the People's Republic of Ramon, <laughs> uh, located in the middle of Joburg. And uh, anyone who comes in needs to have like a very high visa cost uh, associated with it, and then I will confiscate all your vapes. And you live uh, near the former president, so. Uh well, yeah, near the Guptas, actually. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, you can certainly charge quite a lot. So, I think mean, that's what we should do. If they pass expropriation, mm. or even before then, just say, if you come here, I'm going to shoot you. If not, I will secede. And uh, they'll come running with their, you know, running to kiss your shoes yeah. to say, no, don't secede.
0: It seems to work. It's interesting, and it'll be interesting to get a legal mind onto the show at some point, just to discuss how, if in any way, this damages the entire... Uh, policy because instead of now being an uh, expropriation without compensation of all land as Julius wants it to be, where the state will own it, you'll rent it from us, etc. Now it's uh, of everyone's land except certain people, um, which is a clear um, discrimination. So that'll be interesting to see whether that uh, dents yeah. the I, I just validity.
1: See, I just see this whole thing as just a massive fuck up, to be honest. They don't yeah. know what they've well. done. They've opened a, opened a Pandora's box, no, they're and, and, a and they're it. Like, and, they, and they're trying to close it, but it's yeah, it's quite a mess. And I'm loving every
0: moment of it. Well, to discuss the mess in politics in South Africa, and I suppose uh, from his perspective, the ways it's getting fixed or might be might be fixed. Uh, we have a guest in the studio. Would you like to introduce our esteemed guest?
1: Indeed, we have uh, Mr. Khaleb Kachalia. D.A.M.P. Uh, ran for mayor of Erkuleni, I believe, in twenty. Was it twenty 16, 16, yeah. 2016, and yeah, twenty sixteen. And narrowly sorry. missed it to one point something percent.
2: Yeah. Uh by, by By four votes in the in the mayoral election and 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 we certainly got them way down below fifty percent the ANC below fifty
0: percent very disappointing because that, if any municipality could probably do with a, a change in government, uh, it currently seems to be one begging for it
2: well i mean if we had got all three big metros in 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 the province, then the taps would have been completely closed for the ANC uh, in terms of of money for slush money and the like, mm. uh, and and that would have changed things substantially. The guy who is involved
0: there now is a bit of a, <coughs> a dodgy fellow, if I if I can put it in that
2: sense. Uh, well, he's, he's a zoom- some allegations. He's maybe. a Zuma man. Mm. Always has been. He said he'd resign if, if, if Cyril won. Uh, he didn't clearly. <laughs> uh, and, uh, he's now, uh, he's just busy mismanaging and, and siphoning off hugely. as much as he can get. Uh, in, and when he's not doing that, he's making provocative racial statements and the like. Yeah. Uh.
1: Yeah. So interesting about you, Khaleb, your family, the Kachalian name is actually quite well known in South Africa. I mean, your family is basically ANC royalty. Uh, during the course of the
2: twentieth century? Yeah, look, the Kachalia name goes back a long time. I mean I don't know that people necessarily know, but my both my grandfathers were were close associates of Mahatma Gandhi at the turn of the century. Gandhi was secretary of the British Indian Association and both my grandparents were Successively, chairman of the British Indian Association, they participated in 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 uh, the passive resistance campaigns, went to jail, and then successive generations of Kachalias have been involved in what is called the struggle, uh, and uh, uh, and subsequently in politics until today. Do you
0: think some of that's been lost in the history? Uh, you know, and and recently we, as in by example, we we've had. Uh, Julius Malema making inflammatory statements, the EFF leaders, in fact, making inflammatory statements about Indians and their role in in South Africa, Um, certainly uh, not giving that impression, not giving the impression that many Indians certainly suffered during uh, apartheid and before apartheid even.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I I think you're absolutely right, and I've tried to put the record straight. I uh, wrote a lengthy reply to Dalum was appalling piece of nonsense in the Daily Maverick, and I gave him a history lesson. I hope many people read it, but the readership is small. Uh, but I, I said exactly that. I mean, and and people people forget, you know, that uh, Indians were imported here. In large measure, as indentured laborers uh that was a kind of form of slavery if you like absolutely and 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 they were and people forget they were they were forced to carry passes uh, they and they lived pretty g- grim lives and they 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 reacted against it, and then they they threw in their lot because you know uh oppressed folk will seek other oppressed folk to find common cause against who the else oppressing them.
0: What do you, what do you make of the revisionist's history? I mean, this happens not only with Indians, uh, and not yeah. only with recent statements. We know the IFP's history has largely been wiped out uh, from the record books. The PAC's history has been wiped out to a large extent. Uh, is it uh, a black consciousness movement? To some extent, they've picked things that they want out of it, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, and certainly there were even, um, people on uh, whites who were a part of the struggle as That's well. Right. Um, you know, there, there, there was a lot of diversity in inverted commas in that uh, period of time. Uh, and the victors write history, so to speak. And, and now uh, under pressure, those victors are kind of really rewriting it to be a very narrow band of, of who contributed to um, some of the great successes that this country actually has seen.
2: It's, it's a great sadness, particularly for me. I mean, my, my training is in history. I'm a historian by training. And uh, it, it's a great sadness to me. I witness it. It's certainly certainly happening. It doesn't happen only in South Africa. It mm. happens across, uh, as you say, the victors often rewrite history. And, and, and that's a sadness. It doesn't have to be that way, mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, in, in sophisticated uh, – and I would use the word advisedly uh, – democracies when uh, – People win successive victories at the polls. They don't rewrite history. They build on it. One day we'll get there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but anyone who might be interested in that in that period of history will be raising um, other aspects of the struggle. Um, the ANC had a people's war against the IFP. I mean, they when. He- the, the ANC knew that when negotiations came, they had to be the ones at the table, and only them, as a representative of the oppressed masses of South Africa. So the ANC took active steps to destroy their opponents when that
2: time came. Okay, it was a bun fight, <laughs> and everyone uh, uh, was 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 vying for the largest share at the table. Uh, the ANC was was appallingly. Uh, uh, Vociferous, strong, and 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 strong armed in its in in its efforts, the IFP were no angels in that regard either. Sure. Uh, there were a few angels, but they get uh, uh, pushed into the corners. I think they're called sellouts these days. <laughs> they are.
1: Oh. So, so Stratcom, Stratcom, yes, mm. Stratcom. <laughs> so growing up in a in an activist uh, family, I mean, I assume that your childhood was anything but
2: quaint. Look, it was it it was a very interesting childhood i mean we we took it for granted that that our parents were were struggling for for as it was called fighting for freedom uh, uh we all did we took we wore our privations as a badge of honor uh when when our parents were arrested we were proud wasn't pleasant, but we were proud uh when uh when when the security police harassed us uh we we fought back and, and 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 did so vociferously and loudly. It was part and parcel of how we grew up when I had to leave and go and spend almost ten years outside the country because my education was being messed with, and i didn't see my parents for that period of time uh It was something we dealt with i was i I've, I'm a hoarder. I'm a historian, so I collect all the all the papers and the letters and and the like. And I was going through all the letters the other day, which I filed dutifully from my father to me and so on. And those are things you build on. You look back at that and you say, "Wow, this is how we coped with it." The family held together. We 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 communicated. We we built on that, and and uh, and here we are. If I may ask, in terms of your
1: family, what were the those those key principles that they fought for? So, was it ideological, so to speak, or was it just a a more classic democratic
2: ideal Well, it starts clearly with you being told and treated by others to saying that you're less than you are, so, as my father always said, you know if you if you if you accept that, then you might as well accept death. He says in struggle there's life, and you must struggle for what 's right so you, you begin struggling and opposing people who, who, who oppress you, who, who make you less than you are. Then you don't operate in a vacuum. You operate in, 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 in an historical epoch. Uh, in, at the turn of the century when my grandparents were, were active, they were operating within the context of the British Empire. Uh, and uh, they initially sought uh, a redress within within empire, as did Gandhi. When they found out that it was not possible to do so, as did Gandhi later on, Gandhi broke the back of the British Empire in India. Uh, in my my parents grew up uh, in. That period of the 40s and 50s around, around, with the war, the Second World War in the middle. And the Second World War was a defining moment for them. It was a battle. It was a battle against, uh, the Allies against Nazism. And they, uh, they obviously, they threw their lot in with the Allies, not with the Nazis. And, uh, they, uh, uh and, and the Allies were a mixed bunch. Uh, and then, in the post-war era, rightly or wrongly, there was a there was a a split between between the, the communist bloc and 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 the West, if you like, and the West wasn't exactly particularly supportive of of the struggles of 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 people against oppression, and 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 kind of opportunistically, in many ways, the 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 Soviet bloc jumped in. And when days were dark and friends were few, people were kind of drawn into that milieu. Uh, and some of them were drawn into it uh, with blinkers and didn't couldn't see the wood for the trees. I think my parents were different. I think they saw the wood for the trees. They understood uh, the help that was received and they also understood the folly of, the, of 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 the system that was behind it, uh, and then uh, and then we got deliverance, if you like, in 1994. Uh, it wasn't necessarily. Uh, I mean, we talked about earlier on the the various people at the table elbowing for positions, but the, it's not necessarily those people who only brought about change in this country. This country's change was brought about the fact that the Berlin Wall fell. That's why we got change in this country because there was no Roy Khafar anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then things began to change rather quickly uh, alongside other things which were happening internally.
0: Sure, economics often has a large yeah. role to play yeah. in, in, in many
1: parts of the world and, and political change. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's
0: uh, often un- underestimated in yeah. that
1: respect. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's quite strange how humans can adapt to internal politics quite quickly. I mean, you see people in Syria now that are... Sitting on the beach uh, Having cocktails While well, five kilometers away yeah. They're bombing the shit Out of the other part of the city And Absolutely. they're like Well Yeah Yeah
0: Yeah Such is life Humans are very adaptive um, You skipped a little bit over That, that, that period You so say we get to 94 And we get the salvation um, There's a lot that happens Before then Yes um, You were uh, Probably what in your, in your late teens And then your, your 20s and, and, and 30s Before Just before that yeah, well,
2: I'm I'm a, I'm a uh, was born in the middle of the fifties. Okay. So so I when I when I left South Africa, effectively, uh, well, I first left to go to Swaziland to study. Then that window was closed on me, and then around about the age of fifteen and a half or something, uh, which was in the beginning of the seventies. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I went to England and I stayed there for ten years. Mm. And then came back what early eighties. I came back uh, in nineteen eighty.
0: <laughs> okay, and that was quite a, a tumultuous time. Those that last sort of ten years before, sort of things started moving. I think
2: 88, 89 would sure. have been when when sure. stuff. Changed. Yeah, I mean, I I came back and I got I got involved in in politics. Uh, it was what we did, uh, and I I uh, engaged. In, in, in opposition to the Group Areas Act and into, against the tricameral system as it was then and so on and was arrested and put in, interrogated, spent a couple of nights in jail here and there. Mm. There wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, and then I, uh, I spent some time as as a radio journalist uh, for Capital Radio in those days, uh, which was the kind of pioneering radio station, It was kind of cool. And then I went to university again to do my law degree, uh, and uh, I was in my class were people like Tony Leon and so on. I mean, we were all in the same class, and uh, and we uh, uh, I spent more. Those were heady days. I spent more time. Uh, on the streets and in John Foster Square than I did in the classroom, uh, so there came a point when I packed in the law, mm. and I decided that I was going to go into business, which I then did.
0: Tell me when you, your involvement was this with the ANC formally at the time.
2: No, I was never. I was never formally involved in the ANC. I mean, we. Grew up in that milieu. Mm. My father was 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 secretary of the South African Indian Congress. The South African Indian Congress was part of the Congress Alliance in those days, and and uh, and I was uh, I grew up in that milieu. As I said, I I never joined any particular organization ever until I joined the DA. Uh, mm. I never joined any particular organization. I was uh, I I was kind of. On the side, in my mind, of what was right, whether the people who flanked me, or about uh, on this side or on that side, who were on the side of right, as I perceived it, whether they were the UDF or whether they were the ANC or whether they were the Black Consciousness Movement, we were all in it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know.
1: That's a bit yeah. like Leon Lowe was on the yeah. show two two years ago at the stage, and he yeah. says, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, the ANC was really like a wide, huge tent you could be anarcho libertarian you could be like hardcore Absolutely. communist and you could still you yeah. could still wish yeah. to have the same things happen yeah. under the wide ambit yeah. Yeah. of of the ANC back then
2: yeah except, except those who were mach- behind the machinations of the ANC the hardcore uh kind of uh uh Ideologues had very different And very defined views I was aware of that and I always was never Part of that So after 94, there, there was a period of time Perhaps under the Mandela
1: presidency Where it really felt Politics was actually very I wouldn't use the word polite but it was Convivial. Uh, well, I mean, Mandela appointed a,
0: a cabinet made up of people from 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 several different yeah, parties. But he asked it was a, Tony Leon it was to join a coalition government yeah. when it didn't need to be. Yeah. Essentially,
1: he asked Tony Leon to join the ANC, and Tony said, "I'd rather be in the opposition yeah. because it's what makes good democracy, etc." Since then, there's been like just a great polarization, um, throughout the political sphere,
2: so to speak. Well, we look we look at those those early days, uh. Uh, and and uh, and they were were marked by M- Mandela and a kind of strife for reconciliation, the government of national unity, uh, a kind of his his initial. I mean, my mum talks about you know uh, 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 in her book about when uh, uh, when he asked her to uh, her and Albertina Susulu to arrange a uh, a trip and and uh, to go and visit all the the the, the former. Nat leaders, wives, uh, in Orania. Uh, and my mother was saying, why the hell should I do this? And then he said, no, you gotta do it. So she did it and she went. And that was Mandela. He was reaching out to, to Betsy for vote. Yeah. You know, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was, it was, it was reconciliation 101. It was, it was textbook, wonderful, beautiful stuff. It was the stuff we could have built a nation on. But then, you know, economics gets in the way and people begin to carve uh, or see uh areas that they can carve for themselves and they reckon that they ca- that that they need to they need to have this and it's always a kind of zero sum game one at the expense of another and then the slide begins add into that corruption and you got a cocktail which rendered us uh, in the space we we find ourselves. So I
1: mean, ironically, do you think that the reconciliation game could still be ongoing till today? Do you think the ANC would ever dip below like, you know, 65% of the votes if they just carried on with that reconciliation inclusiveness type
2: of messaging? I mean, there would have always been ideological opposition to to, to to the aspects of the ANC. But if the ANC continued down a reconciliatory path, if it continued down that path and it continued down a path in parallel of real politics, where it said I have to engage the world in terms of the market economy yeah. and, inter- and and reconciliation on the one side and the market economy on the other side and we travel down this dual road, I think most people would have said, yeah, yeah this is okay. It's I can potent live with this. Cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. It's a and, I, and I think that's what the DA is trying to do,
1: Yeah, albeit in a way that, well, we have our problems with the DA. But, um, I mean, as a DA MP, um, so you joined the DA in an official capacity, the first time you ever joined a
2: political yeah. organization. Uh, what made you do that? You know, in the post mandela era, starting with – Tabo Mbeki, when Tabo Mbeki was uh, uh, part of his sort of AIDS debacle, and then the beginnings of the arm uh, the uh, the arm scandal, uh, which actually went a little bit earlier in, towards the end of Mandela's pres- presidency mm. as well, uh, I there was a degree of disillusionment from me. I realized that things were going south, as it were, that that there was that that this corruption. Uh, was was taking root And the roots of the corruption were very simple As far as the ANC was concerned It was uh, an ideology ideology apart It was just very simply Here's some very lucrative ways of making money we we'll cut corners To put it mildly Go and make money You can keep a bit for yourself As long as you give to Caesar what's due to Caesar And we'll run the country on the basis of that yeah. And I saw that and I thought Jeepers! This is this is this is a recipe for madness. It's only going to get worse, and it did.
0: It got successful. We're sure. Yeah. 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 We're we're at that point now yeah, where, yeah. Uh, because I I think most people can agree that the sort of theft and stealing that happened from the government coffers, so yeah. to speak, was sustainable for a period of time. Yeah. Until it became unsustainable, and we're seeing that now with uh you know pricing moving out of control uh it, government uh state owned enterprises now are no longer coping um there was always corruption, but yeah. it just got so bad uh and uh, unfortunately, now the government is starting to seek new avenues of yeah. uh, of of trying to make the mm-hmm. same money they were making before. I think that's where the land is born out of
2: but to to get back to your point you know so what I got disillusioned. I saw this happening during that period. So from, from a period of 94 onwards of voting for the, for the, for the ANC, both nationally and provincially and in municipal elections, I began to think, ah, no, I'm not going to continue doing this. This is not right. So I would split my vote. I would. Vote on a provincial vote differently from a national vote. And then there came a point where I said, the hell with this. I'm not voting for these buggers at all. And I started uh, uh, voting for uh, the opposition. Uh, Enter Zuma and the ugliness and the manifestation of madness that we saw. And then I go, okay, something needs to be done here. People are talking about getting rid of Zuma. I need to join a coalition of the willing to kind of deal with this madness, to throw my lot in and to say, how, how can I help contribute to, to, to stave off this craziness, this madness? And I had discussions with a number of people, including the DA, uh, about doing exactly that, being part of a coalition of the willing, if you like, to, to, to do exactly that And then one thing led to another And uh, the, the, the the choice was on the table Do I join the DA uh, And do I, uh, the election was looming The municipal elections Do I participate in that And one thing led to another And here I am a DA MP today And so We are probably – okay, Jonathan is
1: like a a DA voter. I I don't vote on principle because I'm I'm an anarchist of of sorts. So we have a lot of criticisms of the DA. But then again, it's very easy to criticize, and we get that. Looking outwards, we see a few things. In the inner machinations of politics, is it actually simple to actually do anything? Or is it just so complicated and so – bound by rules that you know inevitably all you do is stumble around looking for a solution that might not ever occur so to speak
2: I I mean I think we we, you know we've got an election coming Uh, the DA is not currently in the strongest position that it ever was because of a bunch of internal ructions uh, which have damaged the party but that can be changed. I mean, you can build momentum and you can move forward. And when momentum builds and if you build it correctly, you can go places on the wave of that momentum. Now, if you get to a position where you are, and I hope we do uh, uh get to a position where we are in co-governance, because I'm, let's understand we're not going to be immediately in 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 100 percent majoritarian governance there's uh the way of the world actually is moving towards co-governance yeah. it's not a necessarily a bad thing it teaches people how to how to work uh, creatively and yeah. properly on the table and cooperate yeah. and to understand what can be done and what can't and be prevents done. the crazies it from prevents the crazies from going stuff. nuts and it also it also focuses on the realities of what What can be done? Because you say, you know, you have these arguments, and it boils down to economics. And you say, you know, can we afford it? Should we afford it? Where are we going with this? Why are we doing it? What are the implications of this? What are the implications non-economically? What are the implications on individual freedom? What are the implications on 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 minorities? What how does it how, how does it play out across all these parameters? And you have those discussions, and intelligent people. Elected to do those things, then are forced to have those discussions. Not a bad thing. If we get there, I think that'll be good.
0: All right. Uh, reasonably though, the DAs had, as you mentioned, you, you did move past it quite quickly, internal ructions. Yeah. Um, is, uh, from, from us, from our perspective, uh, it, it seems like a lot of these things are unnecessary. Um, So the DA tends to – there's two things that happen. One is they make big mountains out of molehills. And the other thing is that the media is just waiting to make those mountains out of those molehills. They they can't wait. Um, The DA, in my opinion, certainly gets far more negative press coverage than any other party. Um, When they are covered, it's almost always in a negative light or in a comparative light to another party. Um, whereas the EFF only exists thanks to the media, in yep. my opinion. Well, that's changing, thankfully, sort of. Mm, sort of. Um, the, do you think there, there needs to be – because we've said it on the show. We, you know, I'd love a DA that sort of said this is what we stand for. We're a liberal party. This is what this means, X, Y, and Z. Um, that's our interpretation of the liberalism. And what we see for South Africa, which I think in some respects the DA has been quite good at in terms of their messaging, in some respects, um, but then they get thrown off course. They, they, you know, they get thrown off course by Helen Zille one. Really, I still think it was quite an innocuous tweet. Um, it's it's been it's still being misrepresented to this day. Uh, now by the public protector as a clear election strategy mm. um, and then by, now by the mail and guardian. Sorry,
1: yeah. And then, and then that gets reported on and public protector's misre- misrepresentation is repeated in the media.
0: Yeah. And like you just can't and then get a the, break. By the time it's all said and done, the person on the street thinks that the wrong story is the truth when that's not the case. Um, and there's not enough sort of steadfastness um, from the DA to say, look, this is what we stand for. If you don't like it, don't vote for us. Um, there was always this danger. We had uh, f- a good friend of yours, a campaign manager, Asher Serapin, in, in studio before. We've had other uh, members of the DA, um, Zach and um and uh, well, quite a couple. Helen herself, um, and you know, it, it just seems it just seems that um, you are all very good at knowing what you stand for. Um, but then, when the messaging comes out from the party, there's a lot of dilly dallying, and oh, we don't want to offend anyone and step on toes because we're trying to get to this majority. And if we upset people, we won't get to the majority. Uh, wh- what do you feel about about the that approach? Well,
2: look, I, I've I've always made exactly plain my feelings. <laughs> I think that um, I'm no fan of Jeremy Corbyn. But Jeremy Corbyn actually has done something. He stood by what he believes in, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. He stood by what he believes in, and that's paid dividends for him in terms of how he's grown, that people have actually with whom his message has resonated have grown and is cemented and solidified to the point where he may be the next prime minister of, of, of the UK. Who knows? The point is, if you stand by what you believe, and you don't play into expediency agreed then you're on a strong wicket mm-hmm. it may not pay dividends in in the short uh, time frame of tomorrow but politics is a long game and you can build on this and that's the, and that's where you don't sell your values that's where you don't Muddy the waters That's where you create the blue water Between yourself and the ANC That's where you stand for what you believe Is right That's where you you differentiate yourself And that's how you build a constituency And you jointly Get together with people Your voting population Those who support you Engage in conversation with them About the core issues and the core values Mm. And that's how you move forward Okay
0: so well said, and I agree with you. And uh, Jeremy Corbyn builds a brand on one side and Jacob Rees-Mogg, for the exact same reason, builds a brand
1: on the other side. Is in the middle, scuffling yeah, about. And Not made yeah, and Theresa May is disrespected basically because
0: she one day looks like she's Jeremy Corbyn and another day she looks like she's Jacob Rees-Mogg. She just stood somewhere. yeah, People might respect her. Um, okay, so fine. I agree with all of that. What then... In, do you think the DA should be, and maybe they are already in some areas, should be really focusing on as their policies? Because in South Africa, if you listen to our mainstream talk radio, our, read our newspapers, you'd believe our biggest problem is that everybody hates each other, obviously, along racial lines usually. Um, and that's what we really need to deal with. Um, I neither of us believe that the polling doesn't, the survey data polling data, none of it seems to support that as a larger context obviously there are isolated incidents what should we focus on what should we be talking about at our dinner tables, what should we be reading in the Mail and
2: Guardian and, it's the economy and it? stupid as someone once said mm. <laughs> that's what it is because if you grow this economy mm. then you Dent this massive 10 million unemployment that we have. If you don't do that, we're in deep trouble. Now, in order to grow the economy and dent this unemployment, there are a couple of hurdles which you have to deal with. You have to deal with idiotic labor legislation. You have to grow an economy and embrace a market economy. You have to Woo and bring in foreign direct investment. That has its own set of uh, issues. People are not going to come from outside and put money here while you're expropriating land, to use one absurd example. Or, uh, any, private or, <laughs> or any private property. Or any private property. So you've got to create an enabling environment and a conducive environment for that. You've got to grow small businesses here. You've got to make it – good for small businesses to grow remove that idiotic red tape that, surrounds, that prevents them f- from doing so you've got to give incentives to that kind of thing you've got to ensure that all those things happen and if you push those policies and you make that uh, environment particularly enabling you'll get there then you've actually got to say well also now 25 years down the line if people Risk there, take risk, do things in the economy to get places. They must benefit from what they, from what they receive. Let's not take away bits from X to give to Y on the basis mm. of, I don't know why. Well, what.
0: that's the market economy you talk yeah. about. I mean, a market, a free market, yeah. that's the whole point of it. It benefits people who take risk.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, and so then we have to deal with some, some very thorny issues. Black economic empowerment, for example. Yeah. Well, look at black economic empowerment. A, it's been an abject failure. All it's done is create another band of elites uh, by by political fiat, mm. and uh, uh, and that's not particularly helped the economy massively. It's not helped the ordinary South Africans, and it. Great, and, and and we still have a policy economy with ten million unemployed uh, and i 'm not even talking corruption here that 's just another story, another mm. layer on mm. top of it, which is completely mad so so you've, you, you, you you grasp that particular little when people begin to work to, when they have work. When they have a stake in the economy, when they're earning money for themselves, when they're reinvesting their money, when they're doing all those good things, and then they sit across and I say, I've made some money, I'm going to co-invest. Hey, Jonathan, you've got a good radio station here, can we get together? Race doesn't enter into it, then we're talking about how we're going to build this unit. Mm, and, and both that, benefits. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So, why isn't the DA talking about that? Well, they are and they aren't. I mean, I think there are there are people in the DA who are firm who firmly believe uh, that, and and it's certainly part of the narrative of the DA. And I think there's there, like in all organisations. The DA is not a cocktail party anymore; it's a big party, and you'll get people who are who who, who have different views, and those views uh, may not always be in sync. Uh, the asset test is always to say, "Well, others' views, any of them, in line with the." original values on the uh, that have motivated and do motivate the DA. So you've got to have your values down pat. Mm. And, that, and that we need to do. I think that's absolutely I, I, succ- right. Because, I mean, f- from my side, I think out of all the
1: parties that, that can actually make a difference, the DA is obviously the best choice um, to vote for. And because they're sort of like at 30% of yeah. what I they're believe they, They're the closest
0: speak. in the best positions.
1: Yeah. But... It could be so much better it could be so much better because i think these are universal values if you take risk you should be rewarded for it you should have property rights to the to the place that you live in you should why do we i mean when the leader speaks about tweets about white privilege like it just drives me crazy because it is the economy why are you talking about
2: social science nonsense yeah i mean i think those issues need to be dealt with Uh, and uh you know, I don't believe it's correct to juxtapose white privilege with black poverty because I don't think, I don't think that that's particularly helpful.
1: Yeah, well, I think, I think Missy needs the same treatment that Helen got because he's off key, off message. It's just, it's just, no it's, purpose. it's just what's helpful. So, you know, I, you, you gave
0: what probably was there about a hundred, 120 second sort of clip, which if that is what I was hearing from the DA in every interview and, um, Nick, um, Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've read his book, but no. uh, it, it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he was involved in, in communications and, and messaging in the DA for, for some time um, and was an MP at, at a point. He just talks about how you have to keep driving the message. And so, when, when he was involved with that, every interview that anyone across the party gave would be about the message. So, if you wanted to drive, say, they had a clean water message at the time. You know, and someone was going to get interviewed on a on a talk radio station in the afternoon, drive time, lots of people listening, and they were gonna be interviewed about um, you know, service delivery protests. They'd start off talking about the service delivery process and then somewhere in there they'd go, and this is why the DA is so insistent on our clean water initiative. Um and and, and that's what I'm I'm just not hearing what you're saying. What you're saying is incredibly encouraging, incredibly liberal, the way I think South Africa should be going. Um, the things we should be talking about, as against what Ramon's saying, whereas maybe Musi brings up a point that at some point needs to be dealt with and we can have a long debate and discussion about it. But if you're trying to move forward as a party, pick a message that resonates with everyone. I think the message of we need to fix this economy, we need to get out of your way as government, and that's another area of concern for me. Mm. There's some people in the DA, I feel like they think they need to not get in your way. They think they need to hold your hand. Um, and I don't want my hand held And I don't think most people want their hand I agree, held
2: I agree with you 100% the, the, You see, the, the liberal message Is very is very clear in my mind You know A rising tide lifts all boats mm-hmm. We live in a country Which has got a skewed history Now there is A measure of redress that needs to be Effected, sure. there's no two ways about that Absolutely But again When you go back to the liberal principles, you say, in order to do this, how, how should we do it? What we should be doing is in a very intelligently costed way, because you can't spend what you don't have, ensure that you give people the wherewithal to have, to access the ladders to the, to, to opportunity, to equal opportunity. Let's not talk about equal outcome because I'm not interested in that. No, otherwise you'd vote for Jeremy Corbyn. My, 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 my sister and I are are different people. We brought up in the same family. We had the same education. We had, but we completely different people with different outcomes. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Sure. Uh, The, 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 the the point is let's, let's, let's give people the equality of opportunity in an intelligently costed way. Now you cannot get there 100% because I, you know, I can't, fix a hundred years of 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 skewed uh input i can't give people the social capital that they'd require uh, to get there but you know what people are amazing yes give them give them a modicum of stuff give them the wherewithal to do so and you'd be surprised hey how did i end up being me yeah. I, w- I came from a skewed, when I was, I was born in Friededorp, Fittas, mm-hmm. on 12th Street, Fittas. Across from us were so-called poor whites who, who lived there. My, m- we didn't have a fridge. <laughs> my, my, my mother was a, was a junior school teacher and my father was full-time in politics. They had, to, when I was born, because I couldn't, uh, I had some issue about uh, breastfeeding, they had to get a, their first fridge. That's how poor we were. Mm. My parents, Gave their lives to the struggle in South Africa. But my father also built a business. By sheer application, okay, in the 60s when they clamped down on political activity, he turned his his focus into building his business. He did it well because he was a focused and driven man. He didn't take that money and buy Bentleys. He took that money and educated his kids. Mm. That's why we, my sister and I, are in the position we are here today. Now,
0: but can I suggest that that should be everybody? You also (laughs) didn't take your poverty and you also didn't take your circumstance and say, "Look, I am a victim of this, and so I'm going to wait here until somebody comes to save me from my victimhood." You said, "Look, I'm in the shitty circumstance." And I need to make it better. And the only person who really gives a shit about me at the end of the day is me. I mean, that seems to be something that's missing from the national discourse, from uh, many views in terms of millennials. It's It's a worldwide problem, actually. It's not just a South African one. Um, the word "entitlement" has been used before and has been very controversial for certain individuals, uh, but that seems to be a, a problem that people don't take the same outlook that 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 you have. And how you do know, we change
2: that? You know, many years ago, I remember as a kid, some American journalists coming to interview my parents, uh, and 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 as uh, kids were sitting around the table, and the American journalists were asking us, "Well, you know, what do you want, to change, young man? And I was saying, "I just want." The quality of opportunity. I remember saying it then. Mm. I say, I don't want anything more. And they were astounded. You don't want more? You, 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 you don't want like massive redress. You don't want all that kind of stuff. I said, no, I want, I want to be able. There's a group areas back which prevents me from living where I, where I want to. There's a group areas back which prevents me from opening up a business where I want to. There's, there's, there are all these things. Take that away. Give me the opportunity to do stuff and I'll show you what I can do. We can help people as well. We can mentor people. We can assist people. We can do all kinds of stuff to get people there. But you're absolutely right. Let's get this, let's get this entitlement out of the, uh, out of, out of the room and let's get responsibility back in. Those are key issues.
1: Two things from me, which is quite interesting. So you thought about equal opportunity even when you were a second class citizen. Yeah. Which is, which is, uh, well, good, of course. And, and, Very you know, unlike other people that we spoke to in the same circumstances. But did you think 94 was a blank slate moment, so to speak? He says, this is what happened. This is what was wrong about it. We're going to do exactly the opposite. We are not going to discriminate against people along racial lines. We are not going to tell people what they are and aren't allowed to do in their businesses and things like that. And have we missed that opportunity as a blank slate moment? Well,
2: we began like that. And we should have continued like that, but sadly we haven't. And, 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 and as a result, we find ourselves in the pickle we find ourselves now. I mean, if you, if, if you continued along those lines and if you said, sure, there would be impediments, you know, I, I need to, I need to access capital in order to grow a business. Then you deal with that issue. You say, well, actually, if the business case is right, if the people have got some skin on the table in terms of getting their business from plan A to plan B then let us ensure that they get assisted in terms of 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 a loan in terms of an equity injection that is that is fair and that's based not just on the color of their skin, but on the quality of their plan, on how much they're putting, what risk they're taking. Those are the issues that need to be, to be grasped.
0: They haven't. Sure, been. but, and redistribution also can take place if you open up the market. You know, you, people who have wealth, who are historically come from, from a place where they could do that and against others who couldn't. Um, redistribute their wealth by employing people, redistribute their wealth by invent, investing in new businesses, redistribute their wealth by uh, buying all kinds of different property. Um, I'm talking about private property in general. they creating um, charitable
2: trusts. Um, and, they, and they redistribute and, it not by their own will entirely because the government taxes them and then the fiscus can do whatever the hell it wants to do. Sure, with but, it, you know? but a rich person <laughs>
0: might very well invest in people. Yes. Um, and, and do. Uh, that, that happens all the time. Uh, but there are certainly barriers in South Africa making that more and more difficult. And the economic environment is now a barrier in itself uh, in terms of, well, if I put money into this country, is it going to grow at the moment? It's a bit of a concern. We're, economy's not doing well and, and all of those things. And I think we've lost sight of those simple things. What I want to know, though, is – you know, I know that the EFF, when they, whenever they get a camera in front of them or a microphone, they say the most radical thing they possibly can. We've criticised them extensively for that, but can you have these more nuanced conversations with and Ndlozi when you're in parliament and the cameras aren't on and you can just talk to the man? You, um,
2: you, you can. And you can have it actually if you're dealing with concrete issues around the table. That's where this whole coalition thing gains gains traction. Mm. But you need to do it up front. You can't do it say, you know, at the end of the day, okay, let them dangle their let the eight percent that they have yes. the, wag the thirty percent that you have. Yes. And have that discussion up front beforehand and then then you can you you can nail a proper agreement. And you can understand and you can make people understand that that it is absolute Nobody wants to subsidize failure. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully not. So, I mean, that would be insane. What you want to do is to create the conditions for success, not subsidize failure. And if you, if you get that right and you, and you ensure that the, 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 the correct levers – and what are the levers there? The levers are education. Look at the system. It, is, it stinks to high heaven. Fix that. To a degree, ensure ensure that we that what are the levers that are required, the the rungs on the ladder to allow people to get to a to, to a modicum, if you like, even a modicum of 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 of, of, of self sufficiency where they can access uh, the uh, decent opportunities. It's if you the other side of 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 subsidizing failure, if you like, is surprise surprise, rent seeking. Because that's the easiest road to go down. Now, you know, you don't have to have a brain to understand that that's a dead end and the other one is the blue sky. Yeah.
0: yeah. And ESCOM probably the best example of that exactly. at the moment.
2: So if the – I mean,
1: okay, should the DA do quite well? Is there like one radical, bold idea that they have where you think to yourself, yeah, okay, that's, that's pretty good. Because I mean with respect, you just say you yeah, have education. Okay. In what way? And you can say, yeah, break the unions and do all that, fine. But is there like a big, bold idea from the DA? I
2: I don't know that there's a silver bullet. The silver bullet for me, if you like, as I said before, is a laser-like focus on fixing the economy. Everything else flows from that. In order to fix the economy, you've got to deal with education. So you've got to break the back of sector. You've got to ensure that people are educated properly. That's long-term stuff, and you need to do it. You cannot... You cannot grow an economy with people who don't have access to decent health. So you got to fix the bloody health system. You you cannot grow an economy properly if you're underutilizing your human assets. If your human assets are traveling from uh, for for the longest period in the morning from their home to their work, it's a complete stupid waste of time. You cannot. You 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 cannot utilize assets if you look at assets as problems. If you look at immigrants as a as 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 as, as the bane of your life, look at these things as opportunities. And from the frame of what drives the economy, that's all that needs to be done. And 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 the examples are there worldwide as to what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we you can go down the route of Venezuela or, or Zimbabwe Or you can uh, take a leaf out of a more successful uh, nation's book yeah. Your choice Like
1: Rwanda <laughs> Well, I need some aspects <laughs> <laughs> Just try uh, Okay, so
0: you are running uh Is this official, by the way? Yeah You are running for I didn't want to let anything out the bag or the premier position of Khateng
2: for, for, I the, mean, for, for the, the DA. DA I, there's, there's a process which is currently underway yes. where the DA will choose who will be their, their yes. candidate. So a whole bunch of people will say, I'm stepping forward. Nine people have put their names forward, and there's there's been there will be a process. We've written... Uh, assignments, we'll have interviews mm. we'll do presentations and then in the wisdom of the party they'll decide as to who the right person should be. The right person should be very simple the right person should be a person who is able to win who has a track record who can show that they are able to win uh, elections not with the party machinery behind them Yes. and then there are Then, they need, that person needs to be able to show that they have the wherewithal to run and to fit for the job on merit that's all there's nothing else so go do your homework selection panel see who is capable of doing that the issues of whether the person is black blue orange or green lesbian gay transgender or pink uh, whether they are male or female doesn't interest me
0: yeah, I, I would argue it issues. doesn't interest most voters either.
2: Exactly. If not
0: all of them. Yeah. Come on. What, 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 look, it's Gauteng. So, and, and uh, let's be honest, uh, I think the DA's next best shot of running a uh, province is Gauteng. Yes. Uh, they've already got uh, Chuanay, they've got Joburg, almost had a Kuraleni. Uh There's certainly the voter uh, uh, interest and turnout for the DA. Yeah. So it's an, entirely a possibility. Uh, what sort of value do you place in Gauteng in terms of the rest of the country?
2: Sorry, uh, help me understand. Just
0: because it's, uh, to me it seems as if Gauteng is really the center of, of South Africa in, in the sense that if, if, uh, if you nuked Gauteng tomorrow and there was nothing left – uh, what I am not sure what would be left of the country: a few Cape Townians who spend two hours a day at work and then go to the beach, um, you know, a couple of uh, no, farmers uh, across the country.
2: Gauteng is pivotal. Gauteng is. It provides thirty-four percent of the country's GDP. Its economy is the size of Morocco. It is in the ten top economies, just the economy of Ghauteng of the whole of Africa. If Gauteng succeed, seceded tomorrow, yeah. God forbid. Yeah. Well, Ramon's just God willing. And it would be it would be a powerhouse in in in, in, in its in, own right in its own right in, in Africa. So you're absolutely right. It is it is it is it is the. The pulse, it is the center of the economy, it is, it is the, it is the urban maelstrom, it is the urban magnet, uh, it is, it is, it is, it is mostly urban, yes, there's a bit of rural that goes on here, but it is, and, and the way, and, and the way forward is building, is, is building large, productive, Cities that, yeah. that can look after their people. It just seems yeah. like
1: this is the engine of the country.
2: Exactly. And, and if yeah. we can
1: build capacity. Yeah. So if you had to, if you had to, to rate your, your colleagues, uh, so Tuane and uh, Johannesburg, not, not rate them, <laughs> but have you, do you think that there has been sufficient time for people to see the DA difference, so to speak? Well, I think that's, for the, a provincial level.
2: I, th- I mean, I, I, I think, you know, it's been, it's not even been two years. Yeah, that's very. In, that's very in the first year, in in these uh, uh, municipalities, you're operating off the ANC's previous budget. Yeah, uh, uh, and they've only now just begun to pass their own budgets, and they've only just begun to make a mark about what they can do. In the meanwhile, they're cleaning up corruption massively, and they're dealing with massive backlogs. Now, to answer your point, it's been a very short time. Uh, you know, and and I, I, in many ways, I wish that this election would have come two years later or something of the sort, so that we could really showcase what we're doing, because we we would then be in a position to to say this is what we've done, uh, have done. Judge us on it, and if we've done badly, then we must be punished.
1: Sure, yeah. because I mean, I truly really think housing is the future because it is urban, and the future of South Africa is urban. Yeah, uh, well, this, the
0: future of everywhere really.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's this thing about land. No one gives a shit. And, no. and, and Julius and Cyril know that very well. No, no one gives a shit about land, but then the last, uh, last grasp of populism no. is always useful. So, I mean, if you take Hao I mean, that's, you basically set for a very long time, or maybe not a very long time, but as for the DA, it's, it's a great coup and you will have to be quite a modern, flexible party because an urban center such as Hao is is the future of South Africa? So you have to be really nimble and flexible with what you
2: do. Absolutely, I mean, there's there's, there's no other route. Uh, how else are you going to do it? I I, I have to agree with you. Just just on that, if
0: if the DA took Ghateng, uh does that that then obviously means that they control the the money that comes into Gauteng, which then makes running the municipalities easier, or, or is that not really how it works?
2: Well, the. the there's a provincial budget and there's a municipal budget. Mm. And they're different. It doesn't flow through the province. It all
0: comes through treasury. It,
2: it, it, treasury gives the municipalities X. Uh, you know, Ekuruleni has a budget of forty billion. Province has a budget of one hundred and twenty billion. Mm. Uh, and the other municipalities of Joburg and and Chwane have substantially more than Ekuruleni uh, mm. because they're larger. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: uh, and uh, the the so that's how that's how money flows. There needs to be a very important measure of cooperative governance because of the, we have we have measures in our in the way we run things that that make allowances for cooperative governance, but they need to be more so because we all need to pull in the same single direction. You can't have national pulling in one way and province pulling in another way, and say, joburg municipality pulling in another way. And yes, joburg municipality has got. The the mayor and his mayoral committee have got the unfettered f- degrees of freedom to do what they want to with 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 their budget. Yeah. but you need to work together because if you're not in sync, well,
1: what they're doing. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's greater cohesion if, yeah. if yeah. the same party controls everything. Yeah. I mean, I was a bit young, but the DA won won Cape Town in two thousand six, I think, with a lot yeah. of uh, yeah. coalitions in there, and then they won the province in two thousand nine. Is there Based on, on on the data, has there been a marked difference in governance? Has it been much easier now that you got both?
2: I suspect oh, yeah. it is. I, mean, I, think, I think if you speak to people in Cape Town, they'll say exactly that. They'll, they'll say yes, of course, I mean, when you know, we can work together with with province marching in the same, to the same tune, in the same direction, with the same ethos, with the same – governance with the same lack of tolerance for 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 mm. for uh corruption corruption yeah
1: i mean there's there's a great Helen in article from a few weeks ago which said her office was caught up with 76 rand of um which was a qualified audit misallocated expenses misallocated and the, and the reason why is because the administrator had to change hotels because it was full or something <laughs> so there was an extra cost and they spent weeks trying to find out how this happened? Yeah. Uh, not. I don't think it was her specifically. It was like the administrator no, but, of the of the pr- province. But
2: the DABA is differently. I mean, I went with my colleagues to a, uh, a oversight visit of the South African Bureau of Standards the other day, and I didn't bring my pen with me. So I asked for a bit of paper and a pen, and the guy went out and he brought a leather bound book, and he brought pens for us: a fountain pen and a felt pen. Uh, beautiful Balmain pens and yeah. so I picked it up and I wrote and I then tore the paper out of the book and I left the book behind and I left the pens behind and uh, we all did and they were saying no don't you want to take your gifts this is taxpayers money on like you know I don't know it's like 20,000 grand worth of pens sitting on the table I said no no we don't do that uh, but you know they don't get that <laughs> yeah
0: because that's the way it's been
2: yeah all right well um,
1: we, we're well, Jonathan, as as a DA voter, how do you feel with uh, Mr. Kachalia uh, being in the midst of the party? That well, much, you...
0: much better, much better when I hear a, a, you know talk like that, and and much better when I hear that kind of messaging. As I say, I just I just want that to be all I hear. I really don't even want the DA to even engage some of the other nonsense that's out there. I think I think there's a lot of noise at the moment, and I think that voters are not stupid, yeah. and even. You know, the ones that are, we're told are stupid because they're poorly educated. But I think that people are people and they're able to read things, read through things, see through things. Um, and they know when they're being bullshitted. And, uh, you know, you even see it in private organizations that are carrying these mantles for some uh, for some of the political parties. Uh, you, you see them losing listenership, for example, in the case of uh, uh, radio stations. You yeah. see uh, organizations losing membership. Um, because they they aren't actually the political organisations, but they've decided to take the political organization's stance, yeah. and normal people are rejecting them because they can very easily in 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 a in a, in a private capacity. Uh, so
1: yeah, I, I want more of this, yeah. <laughs> please. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. So from <laughs> my side, um, this is I mean I would normally charge, but I think if the if the if the, <laughs> if the DA had three three key campaigns against the NHI. For property rights and for economic growth I think that's a winning formula cool. I know it's much more difficult to package it Don't I'm get me you. wrong
2: that, that, that sounds like a
1: Especially against the NHI Because yeah. the middle class losing healthcare is huge That's going to be a massive problem
2: Well fix the State healthcare system, it's the most. It's in the most awful mess. Before you even think of doing anything else,
0: stop killing a whole bunch of people exactly. who happen to be mentally handicapped. <laughs> exactly. Um, and if you can just not do that for a couple of years, yeah. Then we can talk, we about, can talk about a whole bunch of stuff. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Khaleb, uh, thank you very, very much. Great Really pleasure. appreciate you coming in.
1: And yeah, I'm best of luck with your candidacy. Yeah. Uh Let's hope the best man or woman or trans person wins, <laughs> irrespective of their race and um gender gender anything then, yeah.
0: else we'll yeah. see you in 2019 nice yeah. to have a DA person in the studio who talks openly about the party and about their views on the party and all of the rest it's uh, very refreshing thank, thank you me. so much right uh, as always uh, you can find us on uh, twitter at renegade underscore report Galeb your twitter is uh, I
2: know you're on at, there at Kaleb Kachalia I guess
0: yeah there we go and uh, anywhere else you
2: want to be found Well, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, uh, and uh, I'm uh, in Parliament.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. And so, therefore, you can contact him and bag him about stuff. (laughs) Right. Uh, Ramon at Roman Cabernet, myself at Jonathan underscore Wit. As always, thank you for listening. If you are listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating, uh, whatever that happens to be, and tell us what you think of the show. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Cheers.